68 kilos or 150 pounds lost from Natasia D'Souza of body weight. That's almost the equivalent of an average sized human. And it's truly remarkable the journey and story Natasia D'Souza has been on. It's an incredibly motivational, powerful, and helpless journey from what Natasia has been able to achieve over the last couple of years. And today she's shared all of that and a ton of her lessons on how you can start achieving your fat loss, your health, body, confidence and energy goals as well in a manner where you're able to achieve them but also keep the results long term rather than getting swept up in a constant dieting and not dieting cycle which Natasha also fell into. It's an incredible conversation and I can't wait for you to be a part of it. Hi, Pam. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm very good. How are you? Uh, is it Natasha? I'm good. Yes, it is. Am I, did I get your name right? Yes, spot on. Okay, perfect. Good. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Yeah, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I've had a, I've had a very, very long day today, but uh, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready for the live. I'm, I went through everything in my head and I'm prepared and ready to go. But and yourself? Yeah, yeah, all good uh, here as well. Like, not too busy of a day. It's only 5 p.m. over here, so I still have quite a bit to go. Um, but, yeah, like, I think I, I just wanted to kind of keep us a bit more like a casual conversation. So hopefully nothing yeah. <laughs> nothing on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always forget I always forget that you guys always, like, start your week on a Sunday. You're always catching catch me out sometimes, so... I know, I know. See, look, I'm originally from Canada, and in Canada, we start our days off on Monday. So this was a lot of adjusting, and now um, it's the same thing, you know? It's like, it's Monday, but then I have a lot of my following back in Canada, and they're like, what? No, we've not started our week. What are you talking about? So I get it. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I I kind of feel like it makes sense, for, for me anyway, it makes sense to start on a Sunday, and then you're kind of prepared for the week, but it doesn't. No, you know no, what? no one else is so it's a it's a love-hate thing I'll tell you that much it's a love-hate thing now I'm used to it but when I first moved here I was like oh this is gonna be a lot of getting used to but it's it's love-hate you know yeah um yeah same same here um so yeah I think let's dive in I don't know if you can hopefully it doesn't cut right. out anything hundred um, <laughs> percent Perfect. So yeah, like I, I kind of I think I've won for like a little introduction, but I kind of wanted to maybe do it as a bit like have some of a goal or a structure for me. And I was thinking kind of maybe for people watching, people listening, kind of by the end of the video um, to just make sure we can, the people can really easily identify and break the kind of mental habits that can be slowing them down. Because a lot from from your content as well it's a lot on the mental side of things because that can really be um holding us back without really realizing and, and not making progress and your journey is like so incredible so i think it's thank you thank gone you a hundred percent i mean um you know what i what i do now is uh is so fulfilling to me but it's for me it's definitely a mental aspect uh, and it's a long time 
coming and a long time realizing this. Um, as you know, I've had a 68 kilo weight loss journey, ne nearing 70. We're getting 70 very soon. Um, but, um, you know, I've gone through years of struggle because I've lost the weight, gained the weight, lost the weight, gained the weight. And I never really realized why was I gaining the weight back until very recently, actually, until the past year where I actually um, sat down in my thoughts. More importantly, in 2020, when all I had was my four doors at home and I live alone. And you really get to be with yourself and you really get to be with your thoughts. And that really just gave me a lot of perspective on what, how my mind was playing out. Um, and yeah, and that's what my approach is. And that's where my learnings are from. And that's what I'm trying to instill now in my clients. And uh, it's, uh, it, the more you know about it, it's actually mind blowing. Yeah, I always, I always feel like the more you learn, the more you, the more I realize there's so much I don't know. So <laughs> A hundred percent. I mean, you know, um, I always tell my clients and I tell everyone this, to be honest, you know, weight loss is so much more than just uh, eating right and going to the gym. It, there's so much more than that. And most of my clients that come to me, they know that weight loss is just is eating right and going to the gym. They know that they know the basics. You know, they know the basics. There's no magic or science behind it. They know it. But if they know the basics and they know the calorie deficit and they know that this is what you need to do to lose the weight, then what's the barrier? What's stopping them, you know? And it's my job then to help them identify that barrier um, and where it's stemming from. And sometimes it's as easy as self-sabotage or it's as easy as limiting belief and sometimes it's it's quite deep-rooted it's you know um, maybe a trauma like myself that's set on way past back in the day that made me lead to comfort eating and then that just kind of stemmed and went on for years on end um, but yeah it's definitely an avenue that people should and uh, look into because not only does it help with weight loss but more importantly with weight regain uh, and weight maintenance because that's that's the hardest part like let's be honest that's the hardest part losing weight you can do but maintaining it god that's the struggle personally for me yeah um that's yeah massive and yeah i think like on on now like you say i think there's so much like so many different variables because like like you say it's sometimes it can be as easy as it's almost this kind of like popular thing where it's like monday we start off we're going to be really motivated and then as the week goes on as we get like as we lose a bit of steam it becomes harder and harder to keep going with it so it's almost just like you say just finding why that is and fixing it, i suppose or making it work like long term uh yeah a hundred percent and uh, yeah i mean how many of us you know um or people that i know of say yeah i'm gonna start uh, i'm gonna start on monday I'm going to start on Monday or I'm going to start on Sunday, you know, I'll start tomorrow. I'll start tomorrow. And um, sometimes that start tomorrow is your excuse to eat more. It's your excuse to indulge in, uh, in whatever you want for the moment. And that tomorrow at the end of the day never ends up coming It never ends up showing up, you know? So it's, um, it's, it's stopping that I'll start tomorrow and doing I'll start now. 
And that's just the mindset. And it's a switch. And like I said, sometimes it's so easy to get that switch turned on. But other times, it's a lot of breaking down. It's a lot of moving forward, moving backward, moving forward, moving backward, you know. Um, but it's a, it's a lengthy process, but it's, it's worthwhile. I'll tell you that much. Okay, cool. And on that then, like, with the kind of, like, with that kind of process and um, that kind of, like, switch as well, I suppose, like, was that kind of where you were, do you feel like that's where you were before, kind of going on that huge 68-kilo, like, weight loss journey, like, near into 70, was that kind of the things for you, or...? When I had my initial weight loss of 68 kilos, that was not the place that I was at, no. Um, my weight loss back then, the initial weight loss, was based on a lot of external factors. So I used external motivation, and I did the biggest mistake ever. I cut out carbs. So I made carbs the enemy, and I said, I will show the world um, that I can no longer be fat you know, and that was my, that was my end all and be all. I will show the world that I will no longer be fat and I will cut out carbs. So yes, I lost the weight. Yes, I looked good. And yes, everything, you know, just fell into place. But then long behold, three, six months down the road, five kilos creeped on, another two kilos creeped on. And all I kept telling myself was, um, yeah, it's not that bad. It's five kilos. It's not like it's 60, you know, 68 kilos. It's just a little bit here and there. Okay, things are a little bit snug. And you kind of, you kind of, you know, create excuses um, for the little add-ons here and there. And five kilos here, six kilos there ended up me gaining 35 kilos back before I even knew it. And that's when I knew something wasn't right. Uh, in the midst of all of that, once I had lost all the weight, then I started doing a lot of fad diets because I would be traveling or I would be going to a lot of events. So I, would, I went on a juice fast once for 21 days. Um, I've gone on um, you know, the lemon water detox. I've, I've done all the shit out there you can imagine. <laughs> I see. Um, so... Yes, yeah, so I suppose on that, then it sounds like it was kind of a lot on like trial and error almost, and just kind of like almost just kind of uh, like just, just trying things out and seeing what works. And it was kind of more of, would you say, like more of a kind of emotional side of like trying to achieve it in terms of like it was just more kind of anger side of things that like, I want to show and prove people wrong in a yeah, way. Or... Um, you know, if I look at um, the younger version of myself and when I first started my weight loss journey, um, I was just, I was very broken. You know, I, uh, as a child, I was always bigger. So I was always the one being picked on. I was always the one being, you know, made fun of. So I had reached a point in my life where I just had enough. You know, I was just, I didn't want um, people to laugh at me anymore. I didn't want to be made fun of anymore. I was just, it was, um, it was a lot of anger. You're right. There was a lot of anger that stemmed from where it came from. But then over the months, it turned into happiness because, you know, weight loss. So then you're happy, you're enjoying the process. Um, but 
I never realized what I didn't address during that whole journey was why did I gain the weight in the first place? You know, why did I have such a nasty habit to come home at 4 p.m. from school and open all the cupboards endlessly until I found mounts of food to eat? Why did I do that? No, I, I never asked myself that. I never, um, I never thought I was trying to suppress any emotion until most recently when I sit and I get a, a, a strong urge to binge and I just feel like, I feel like I'm getting choked and I say this all the time. I feel like I'm choking, you know, it's because I'm trying to suppress the brain the suppress the binge and believe it or not, that feeling that builds up here only disappears or at least what I put in my head was it only disappeared the minute I opened the top of an ice cream pint and it was like a breath of fresh air, like, you know, and it was anxiety. People asked me for years, um, Natasha, do you suffer from any anxiety? And I said, no, I don't even know what anxiety is. I don't know what stress is. Now that I don't binge eat, I know anxiety. I know stress. I've experienced depression. I've experienced it all because you're not using food as your component to suppress everything, right? Wow. And I suppose on, on that then, like, would you say that's kind of the big thing on where you're, what you're kind of, big kind of component now that you do with clients is when it comes to the mental approach side of things it would you say is like working together to identify why they've gained in the first place and finding the triggers like if they're in a way so you they can no longer kind of go through the binge and no longer go through no long, like no longer kind of feel like i suppose mentally that they have to go through through that to kind of cure whatever kind of pain they're going through in a way or a hundred percent, a hundred percent, because, you know, um, most of the clients that come to me have gone through um, weight loss, weight gain, weight loss, weight gain, you know. Um, actually, if I look back right now, almost all my clients are in that category. Maybe one that's just never really tried that route, but um, is scared to start the journey. But most of us are, and I say us because I'm in, I'm in the same boat as well, you know, um, have gone through the journey of weight loss and weight gain. And, um, and that's my main prerogative. When I speak to them, when I speak to my clients, I do coaching calls with them on a weekly basis, uh, sometimes twice a week. And we sit there and we basically analyze their thoughts. You know, we uh, analyze what their behavior is going to be if they have an event, what their behavior is going to be if they've had a stressful day at work and they're just sitting by the TV and um, a craving is going to come along. You know, it's about breaking those small components down because when I break that small component down for them when that scenario then comes up it's so much easier to handle it's it's like a it's like a, a box a reference box now that's at their head that they can just open up and be like oh yeah she she did say that to me you know she did mention that to me and i always ask my clients when i speak to them uh, do you have an event this week do you have a brunch that you're going to go to? Do you have a baby shower, you know? Because I want to incorporate that into their lifestyle. My biggest fear when I was losing weight was, oh my God, I have this party. Oh my God, how am I, how am I not going to eat? How am I not going to drink, you know? And if I am having that suffering and those thought process in my head, I can only imagine that my clients are going through the same thing. 
And long behold, if I speak to them, they are, right? So this, so then when I ask them questions like this, they're like, oh yeah, I do have a brunch. Oh yeah, I do have a baby shower that I need to attend. Oh yeah, it is someone's birthday this weekend. So then I help them plan in and around that. Okay, you have a birthday. Uh, let's plan. It's Thursday now. The birthday's on Saturday. Let's plan a little bit better. Let's um, reduce maybe 100 calories here. If you're going to have wine or if you're going to have gin, do you know what you're going to have? And they're like, no, I didn't even think. I was just going to go with the flow. But then when it comes to weight loss, it's important not to go with the flow right? It's important that it's structured. And it's important that if, if drinking alcohol or having a chocolate bar is important to you uh, and you want to incorporate, it's important that you plan it, you know, because if you don't plan it, then that you're just setting yourself up for failure. So yeah, so that's a, to answer your question. That's for me, it's very crucial that I just analyze their entire thought process and then, of course, we go through their calories, we go through what they're eating, we go through their macros, you know, kind of see where everything stands on. Um, on the workout perspective of it, most of them already have either a personal trainer or a workout program that they uh, refer to. And they just kind of I monitor the um, movement aspect of it just to ensure that, you know, we're remaining in the calorie deficit end of it. But other than that, I mean, um, my goal is up here my goal is to get this part of it right for them. Yeah, and like a big thing on, on that, like you mentioned as well, like like you say, it's so important to not go with the flow because I suppose going with the flow just gets us in the same position and we want to go in a different direction, different flow, I suppose. And that's why it's so important to have a different plan and plan around it, um, which I think sometimes it's, it, it can feel like I'll die in, like it's such a scary thing that I need to like be restrictive all the time, but planning around it so much better I suppose than yeah. just going like you say going with the flow or just kind of brush it under the carpet and just feeling guilty which I, I'm, I've seen a lot of things happen like, like that yeah, that you feel guilty for a hundred percent and you know what um it's not about me calling them out on it it's about um I don't want you to feel bad that you're gonna go for brunch I don't want you to feel bad that you're going to go for a barbecue and there's, you're going to have a couple of beers. No, I want us to talk about it. I want you to feel relaxed when you go there. And I want us to plan it out because when you're planned out, you're so prepared. You can take it on, you know, and more importantly, and I tell this to my clients all the time, if you mess up, if you mess up, it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. We're going to start. We're going to start back and we'll start strong you know we'll address what happened and we'll start strong but the one thing I make them do and I think I think some of my clients hate talking to me the day after a party or a day after a night out because I make them go through every item that they've probably had if it's six beers if it's six gin and tonics if it's seven vodkas and they're like oh I can't believe I'm telling this to you I was like no it's just so that we know and it's not even for me to know. I don't care how many gin and tonics they had. At the end of the day, it's, it's consumed already. It's consumed calories already. But it's so that they can see a pattern. They can see a behavior, you know? And it's so that it's there and it's addressed. It's not like you said, just brushed under the carpet. And yeah, because when we brush it under the carpet, that's the behavior then that comes back up at some given point or time. Wow, yeah. And I think like like you say on that then like as well as I suppose with like not 
we're, we're doing it. I think there's a it's quite easy to forget about start like because food is such a big thing we we do all the time we probably don't think about if we like leave it for a week or a week or a bit and we can like easily underestimate the amount of drinks we've had the amount of food or snacks we've had like one biscuit is completely different to like a pack of biscuits if that makes sense in terms of calories so it's doing that the day after just probably makes it so much easier to have a better idea and just kind of build on like build build on the kind of like education side of things I suppose just knowing like roughly what they're having a little a lot more honesty and detail I suppose yeah a hundred percent you know um I was talking to a friend the other day and she um likes to have a cup of tea like we all do at around 4 p.m and um she was having these biscuits and I and I'm like what biscuits do you have and she said you know just those little thin wafers and so what biscuits um and we ended up looking at the calories of the biscuits and they were 87 calories a biscuit and so how many cal how many biscuits do you have she's like anywhere from six to ten and she, she complained about her weight. And I said, you're having six to 10 of these biscuits with tea. She's like, but they're so thin. But it's not about calling you out on the biscuit. If you want to eat it, eat it. But if your goal is weight loss, it's important to address it. You know, it's important that maybe you don't have the 10. Maybe you have three, right? Or maybe you have a low calorie biscuit. Or maybe you have something that's 30 calories instead, you know? Maybe you make your own goddamn biscuits. You know what I mean? Something that's more calorie friendly. But if your goal is weight loss, that's when you need to be conscious of these things. If your goal is weight maintenance, that's when you need to be conscious of these things. I don't want, I hate putting, um, you know, like a stigma or um, any sort of bad feelings or vibes over that pack of biscuits. But it's just about being more self-aware, being more conscious, because when you're self-aware, when you're conscious, you realize what you're actually doing. And you, when you know better, you do better. And that's my philosophy. And I say it all the time. When you know better, you do better. And it's so true because the more information I feed to my clients, I see them the next week making better decisions. And they're like, oh yeah, I didn't do that because they didn't have enough protein. Or um, I, I didn't have pasta for lunch because I was going to have a gin and tonic for dinner. And, you know, it makes me so proud. It makes me so proud because they, that's a decision they wouldn't have made if they didn't know. Um, and it makes me proud. So. Yeah, that's so, so powerful. And like on that, like that, those examples as well, to me, um, on sitting on the outside, sounds so much more powerful uh, like than saying to someone or someone else like like your even your past self in a way just trying to follow like keto or trying to follow intermittent fasting or juice uh cleanse or anything like that there's the, the education side of things isn't there and they can kind of like like for you as well i like just kind of hate the way they were doing it but like you say having the education it just makes it so much easier for them to kind of look at it for themselves and just find a way that they're going to enjoy the most as well, I suppose, as well. Yep. A hundred percent. So on that then, like with, with um, everything we've kind of covered, if, if someone was to like either drop your, drop your message or kind of say that they're struggling with their, their weight and they just need somewhere to get started. Like what do you, what, are they kind of similarities in, in where you get started or what you feel like the bigger focuses should be addressed? Like where would someone look to maybe get started on 
creating that kind of better, like those mental habits and those kind of relationships? So, um, sure. So what I usually do is I, um, every time I, a client approaches me, I get on a discovery call with them. And basically on the dis discovery call, we do a few things. First thing we do is we sit, I sit down to see what their major concern is. Have they lost weight before? Is this, is this something that's deep rooted? Is it trauma eating? Is it overeating? Uh, the second thing I look at to see is if they're, if we're a good fit for each other. Uh, because believe it or not, uh, I have refused clients if we're not going to be a good fit. And uh, the reason I say that is because my approach is very different. And not that I'm saying it's not for everyone, but um, for example, if someone comes to me and says, I want to do it with you, but I want to do it under a keto lifestyle, that's not going to work. My approach is not keto. Um, not that I have anything against keto at all, and it's worked perfectly for tons of my friends, but it's not my approach. It's not my area of expertise, and I don't want to indulge in that, or I don't want to provide you with information that, you know, that could bite me in the ass, let's say, for lack of better terms, right? So um, I don't, so I refuse. So it's, it's the discovery call, and it's a free of cost discovery call, is basically to see if we are a good match for each other. Right. And if we feel connected, if she feels that I can uh, work with her, or if he feels that I can uh, be a good match for them, then why not? So those are the key criteria I kind of look like to see that um, have they lost weight before? Where's their mental standing? Um, and are they willing to take a mental approach to weight loss? And are they acceptable to talk about their are they open to talk about their feelings and emotions around food? Because that's very, very important for me, for, for the client that I'm speaking to, to be open and honest. Um, because it is a very different approach. It's, and sometimes we have very emotional conversations and it's needed. It's needed because that's when you learn to address why you're feeling the way you're feeling and why you're turning to food in the first place. Okay, cool. And on that then, like if someone was to start off with, with addressing the kind of mental side of things, like what would, like, would there be any like simple kind of, it's, it's quite, it's going to be quite hard, I, I guess, but like, is there any, um, any like specific kind of giveaways or signs that they can kind of improve or change kind of sign out by themselves initially, or is it? Um, the one, um, so I'll go through a little bit of an exercise that I do with some of my clients. So the one thing I always uh, ask people is to really, before you have a binge or before you think you're about to eat the entire pizza, um, I, I like to tell my clients to just take a deep breath. You know, I just take a deep breath and slow down and kind of, take a sense of your surrounding because what happens have you ever driven do you drive by the way yeah <laughs> yeah have you ever driven home and realized how the hell did i get here how did i get here you know like you're so in your zone you're so zoned out you don't even know how you got to your location has that ever happened to you before yeah all the time <laughs> exactly so with um emotional eaters and overeaters and comfort eaters that's a very common symptom. You know, we, it, it turns and a switch turns on 
and it turns on very quick. And once that switch turns on, it's so automated, you have the pizza in front of you or you have a whole pint of ice cream in front of you and it's gone, it's done. You don't even know how, you don't even know when. You only realize once it's done and you want more or once it's done and you're so full, you have so much pain in your stomach. So one of the things I ask my clients to do is before that binge is about to occur or if there's a certain time frame, four to six, six to eight, 12 to two, these are the, you know, very crucial time frames that a binge could occur after work, um, you know, late at night, uh, maybe mid morning, maybe just before a meeting at work, you know, these are crucial times that a binge could happen. So I always ask them to sit back, take a deep breath, you know, we're kind of trying, not trying to switch off that mental, uh, switch that's gone on, but just kind of analyzing the situation. And usually when that happens, what we feel some sort of emotion, it's either sadness, it's either loneliness, it's either depression, it's either anger, you know, it's some sort of emotion that's so deep rooted that, um, or not even deep rooted. You, someone could have said something to you in the daytime that's now getting brought about just before lunchtime that you don't even know you're suppressing with food. So it's really important to take that moment, take that deep breath. And nine times out of 10, when I ask my clients, what did they feel during that moment of silence? And it's always anxiety and stress. And um, I had one client tell me once, I took a deep breath and I was shaking. I didn't, I didn't re because she put the burger down, she had a burger in her hand, she put the burger down and she said, I'm just gonna take a moment before I stuff this burger in my mouth. And she said, I was shaking. And she's like, I didn't know that before I'm about to binge, I shake. So there was a lot of things that stemmed for her to get to that point. And once we analyze, once she, now that she knows that she shakes before she's about to binge, it's something she never knew. It's something she never knew. It was just, I'm hungry, I wanna eat, let me just stuff my face right now. So it's these little triggers. It's like I said, for me, it's the choking. For me, it's the anxiety, you know? So those are the mental barriers. And once you assess them, um, you can address them. And then we kind of go through on a weekly basis on how you can basically either switch your mindset to something else or diminish them. You know, I, I teach clients, uh, refuse and delay, which is another tactic that we use when, when they, if they are craving a binge or they are craving something sweet, we then do something where I, I, we basically tell themselves, I'm not going to get it today. I'll get it tomorrow, you know, and then tomorrow. So I always get asked, okay, then tomorrow, Natasha, should I have the chocolate? I shouldn't, right? Because I don't want it anymore. No, that's when you have the chocolate because while you're learning to fix your mental mindset, you're also building a relationship of trust with yourself, right? Because the trust uh, with someone who's binge and broken their diets, it's broken. So if you've chosen not to binge or you've chosen not to have that piece of chocolate, the next day, go ahead and have it. Fit into your macros, you know? Tell yourself, today is the day. Today is the day I can have the chocolate and fit into your macros. And we build a level of trust. We build a level of understanding. We build, um, you know, recognizing skills in and around triggers. It's, uh, it's, 
it's a beautiful process, as you can tell my excitement in and around it. <laughs> I love that. So it, it sounds like it's almost just kind of oversimplifying it massively, probably, but it's almost, it sounds like it's kind of just like sitting down, meditating a little bit on how you, how you feel, because it, it's something that's probably like angered us or angered us or stresses stress out or causes anxiety beforehand. And food is just a, uh, just a, an outlet, I suppose, rather than uh, an outlet for the stressor, rather than like the, in a way, always being a hunger or the enjoyment from, from food by itself kind of thing. Yeah. And you know what? I always compare um, addiction to food in the same comparison with addiction to alcohol, in the same comparison with addiction to cigarettes, you know, um, there is no reason. And people that see it otherwise are they need to read the research, they need to do the studies, they need to um, understand where food addiction, where binge eating, where overeating, where emotional eating comes from. And the, if, if, you, if we read the studies and if we read the, you know, the tons of research that's done, it all stems down to the same similarities when it comes to alcohol addiction, when it comes to um, addiction to nicotine. You know? You're suppressing a level of anxiety, you're suppressing a level of stress that you to be honest, don't want to feel at the moment. You don't want to feel it. So whether you choose food to suppress that emotion or whether you choose alcohol to suppress that emotion, in and around, at the end of the day, you're doing the exact same thing. Substance abuse in a different, in a different format. Just because it's food, just because it's a, it's a means that's socially acceptable, doesn't make it right, right? It doesn't make it right. Hence the overweight, hence the... the self-image issues, hence the body dysmorphia, everything gets stemmed from overweight. Unfortunately, with, with overeating, that's something you can see. The alcohol, next day, hangover, you're done, you're good to go, you pick up where you left off. Cigarettes, with the vape, you smoke, you throw, no one can see that, the, the abuse behind it. But the abuse with food, unfortunately so, people can see it. You're overweight, people can see it. And it... Um, that's the difference. That's the difference. But in and around, in a nutshell, the similarities to the addiction end of it is very similar. Yeah, it sounds it sounds very similar. Just like off the back, like off the back of like everything you mentioned as well. Like I was, I was kind of thinking about that. I was like, okay, this is probably what um, someone at, like a avid smoker would do. Uh, just sit in a car, like shaking. So I was like, my boss is a dick. I'm just gonna have a have a cigarette kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so like on, on those then like what I'm wondering is do you have do you then direct someone to a different outlet? So like instead of food being something else that like a healthier outlet, or do you just always oh, more just focus on how they're feeling and addressing or is that a combination? That makes sense. I don't address them to a different outlet. I don't. Um I'm a strong believer in sitting in those feelings and working through those feelings, right? If you don't sit, a lot of us, the reason we are addicted to certain things is because we don't want to sit in our own feelings. We're so used to not being, um, just being by ourselves and feeling our emotions that we choose the alcohol, we choose the smoking, we choose, you know, going and hanging around with our friends. And because we don't want to be alone, we don't want to be in our own emotions, hence the food addictions, right? So my approach is no, feel it, 
it's going to feel bad it's going to feel like shit it's going to feel like shit but it's important to feel that emotion because it's like i said before when you know better you do better right so some days i have you know clients tell me natasia i sat in it it was the worst feeling ever i i kept going to the kitchen and coming back and going to the kitchen and coming back i've had a client tell me oh it was the worst feeling i had to go have a shower and then i just went to i and I, then i just went to bed um but when you sit in that feeling more a lot of thoughts go through your head and those thoughts that come up is what we then discuss right so then i ask them what were you thinking what was going through your mind you know and some of them will tell me oh well i wanted to eat the donut but i didn't eat the donut and um and then i was sitting there and i was thinking well i don't understand why my brother was supposed to send me money day before yesterday but didn't do so you know so the issue was finance the issue was money the issue was you know there was another deep rooted stemmed issue that was actually bothering her so much so that she turned to food but she thought she was just hungry she had her calories for the day she everything was done she worked out she she did great and she's like i didn't realize i didn't realize my brother was pissing me off you know and i'm not there to go through um your issue with your brother that's on you but the fact that you realize that in the moment of a possible binge where you could have gone over 3000 4000 calories that's what we need to know it's about sitting in that feeling and just being comfortable with it just knowing where it comes from uh because a lot of us in this day and age whether it be drugs whether it be alcohol whether it be cigarettes that's just what we turn to and food yeah um it's it's so easy to to do that as well like like you mentioned the alcohol the cigarettes the the food it's literally like a button away you can pretty much order it deliver it over it hopefully it's the same in my my be the same in your and it's just just so easy easier than ever and it it sounds like on that end like it also sounds like now that we're kind of sitting in that kind of unpleasant feeling it actually just pushes us a little bit more to actually go out and change be it the relationship with the, the, the with our brother uh be it the relationships at work or whatever's kind of if it's causing us unhappiness on a day to day on a week to week it probably makes it easier more of a driver to actually go out and change that in a way as well I suppose it does um sometimes it's as easy as a driver to go and change I'll be honest with you sometimes it is as easy and sometimes it's not so you know sometimes I'm giving you the good scenario. A bad scenario would be I sat in the feeling. I sat in it for about 20 minutes. I told myself, "No, I'm not going to eat the burger. No, I'm not going to order the pizza." And then 2 hours later, I went into bed, got back up, ordered the pizza and had the whole thing. So, I've given you the good end of things. And then of course, on the other end, but then on that end is when we address it again. Right? That's us moving two steps backward. But in reality we've actually moved one step forward and by one step forward i mean is we've addressed we've pushed it we've addressed what the trigger was we've addressed the anxiety level and now we can see how much longer we can push it for right um on a on the good version of on the good end of things uh for someone that has surpassed it yes now they understand what their trigger was now they understand that 
maybe finance is a trigger for them. Now they understand that um, maybe, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's as simple as, I remember I was talking to a client a long time ago and um, she wanted to binge and I just, she said, can I have a call? I need a call right now. And I said, are you serious? She's like, we're, we're, we're talking right now because I, and I said, okay, that's fine. If I'm available, I don't mind hopping on a call. If it's going to avoid you from stopping a binge episode, I don't mind jumping on a call, you know? So I jumped through a call and we kind of just went through her emotions. And she says, I just want to eat. And I just want to eat. And I said, okay, let's talk through it. What's going on? What are you feeling? And she's like, I just feel like, you know, and I just, I feel insecure. And it all stemmed down to, it all stemmed down to, um, her being at work that morning and her she wore a new outfit to work and unfortunately got looked at a certain way by some woman and when we sat down and went through her coaching call and understood where her behavior where her thought process was coming from it actually stemmed down to her her body image issues you know so it stemmed down to um i wore a new dress today it wasn't good enough because i got I got looked at, not even laughed at, not even talked about. I got looked at the wrong way. I'm at home now. I feel uncomfortable about the dress I wore. So now is my time to mess up my diet because who gives a shit, right? Who gives a shit? And these are the things that unfortunately don't get addressed. They don't get addressed. You know, so I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I could have been, I was there for her for that moment and we were able to, a, find out why she chose to binge, you know, and believe it or not, this came about 15 minutes at the end of the call, at the end of the call. And she said, you know what, Natasha, it's because of the way the lady looked at me. She shouldn't have looked at me like that in a dress. And I said, okay, so let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. What happened? Why did she look at, she's like, I don't know. It was a new dress. I've lost three kilos. Why would she look at me like that? And I said, all right then. So let's talk about that right now. So she then realized that she wanted to forego her entire weight loss journey. She wanted to forego her meal plan. She wanted to forego a good day's worth of eating and working out because she was looked at the wrong way, you know? And then if we have a further discussion, and these are things, unfortunately, I, I can't discuss with you, but if we have further discussions, you know, it stems down to way back when, when she was much bigger and people then, you know, humiliated her for the way she looked or, you know, she, you know, it stems down to such deep rooted issues of being laughed at, of being made fun at. And then as you get older, we think we get more confident right? We think we, we have a, a good self-image and we have a successful job and that's what it is. But sometimes we don't realize that the things that have happened to us at childhood, whether it be, you know, someone making fun of us or someone calling us um, thick thighs or something of that sort, those little things we carry with us in our adulthood. And then when we stem onto a new weight loss journey or something of that sort, something as simple as that can just throw us off the bandwagon. So addressing it right there and then um, just cuts that off. It, we, we do a lot of self-affirmations to kind of rebuild, re-understand, you know, self-love. I always talk about self-love to my clients. It's so, so important. And what's important is to understand not to confuse self-love with self-indulgence. 
you know I, i'll sometimes i'll tell people you have to self love and they're like what do you mean so i need to love my bad behaviors i need to love what i'm what i'm currently doing which is wrong but that's that's not what i'm saying i'm saying love yourself your body your you know your cellulite whatever you're complaining about love yourself the way you are now i'm not telling you to be self indulgent being self indulgent is accepting the bad behaviors you don't have to self love and be self indulgent you know so identifying that because there's a lot of confusion you know when i say self love to some people sometimes they're like sure i get the roll eyes i get that but it's so important it's so important and it's so important to identify that self indulgence is not self love and once they identify that two different categories i'm not asking you to love your bad behaviors i'm asking you to love yourself love who you are as a person or start loving yourself and then we work towards correcting those behaviors then we work towards motivation then we works towards discipline and building and breaking habits to a better you yeah and i think like on that like self love like you mentioned to me i i feel like it just it should be more like well almost like a like it sounds like it's more it should be more like a friend just kind of like talking to ourselves like a friend kind of thing uh just talking to ourselves like without like and i always get that from from clients as well like kind of mentally feeling like oh i'm so lazy i've completely screwed up had it in in my dms and that kind of doesn't really help us like ever i feel like just kind of detaching yourself and talking to yourself a bit more like a friend if you have a bit bit of extra food or you slip up here and there you wouldn't talk the same way to a friend you wouldn't call them lazy or exactly. in, in that that i think like you say is is that's i think i think self love as well is is huge and i think that like the conversations with with your clients i think that just makes such a difference as well in the long run a hundred percent i mean you know um and i say this all the time you wouldn't exactly what you said you wouldn't talk to your friend like that you wouldn't talk to your daughter like that you know you wouldn't talk to your sister like that so why are you choosing to talk to yourself like that why are you and and i'll be very honest with you i was guilty of it for years i would look in the mirror and i would tell myself oh my god look at your thighs they they look disgusting how they look disgusting this is why you need to lose weight so i'm treating myself so negatively so poorly and using that as a sense of motivation to keep me going what people don't understand is that motivation doesn't last it doesn't last you know that's why we all have motivation on sunday and monday and come thursday and friday it's right out the window motivation doesn't last and using self derogatory behavior to continue motivation is the worst thing we can do but believe it or not believe it or not Seven times out of ten, that's what people are doing. They're using derogatory behavior towards themselves in order to motivate themselves, and it's about identifying those repeated behaviors in 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 clients and cutting it off and turning it. And believe me when I tell you, Plamen, once the switch is done, and once you look at yourself in a more positive limelight and still work towards your goals, you know, it's a whole different game it's a whole different game i it's like uh, you know it's it, it's it's if you if you listen to abraham hicks you know she always talks about tuned in tapped in turned on and and that's what it is the minute we do the switch the minute we do the switch from derogatory to self love and now focusing on our goals 
and being grateful for where we are and then pushing forward, you're tuned in, you're tapped in, you're turned on. Suddenly you want to do the workout. Suddenly you want to eat the healthy food. You know, suddenly you want to sleep early so you don't do the late night snacking. Suddenly someone says, um, okay, let's go for a drink. And you have two drinks and say, I'll get uh, the third one should be, you know, just a soda. You know, you choose better for yourself. The minute the switch happens, you do it. You do it. I don't do it. I just help you get there. You do it. And my clients that are there right now, the smiles on their face when we talk, it's phenomenal. It's absolutely mind-blowing because it, it's, it's, um, I'm, ex I'm excited all the time. That's just who I am as a person. But then I see the level of excitement in them because they have figured out that switch and it's like, wow. You know, and I'm sure you feel the same way when you see your client steadily losing and knows what it takes to get the results and is in a happy place. It's just a different momentum. It's a different vibe. And, um, and that's where we want and not where we want, but that's where we want you to stay. Because when you stay there, that's what's going to lead you to the maintenance. That's what's going to lead you to long term success and just diminishing bad behaviors. Yeah, huge. And I think that that to me sounds like all the self-love, like so much more self-love than you could ever get from like watching Netflix or pizza. Like we always see, I always see on Instagram anyway, like the, the hashtag self-love, it's just Netflix and, and pizza. And that to me sounds like so much more powerful and so much bigger, like self-love um, as well. And you touched on the kind of motivation like side of things as well a little bit. And I, I wanted to just see, let's see with that then like, your journey is like so it sounds like such a longer like long length journey 68 kilos of weight loss that's that's huge how do you how did you find and uh it's something i i get a lot is is guys kind of saying i i lack motivation i just need more motivation how did you find uh, i know motivation isn't everything but for the sake of this like how did how did you find the kind of quote-unquote motivation to get there and keep going like like throughout the entire journey um and kind of breaking that kind of motivation myth as well i suppose so sure um for me i'll be very honest with you it's not motivation it's discipline it's discipline there are don't get me wrong i believe motivation is a thing okay there are days i'm motivated and the days i'm motivated my um apple watch is off the roof it's done like four, five, six rounds, which means I'm highly motivated. But more than motivation, it's for me, it's the discipline. If I don't discipline myself to wake up at 4.45 every day, no matter the scenario, no matter if I've gone out drinking, no matter if I've gone to a brunch, no one's going to do it for me. You know what I mean? And I can't tell you how many times I've gone on a night out and the next day I, I leave because I need to go to the gym. That's my discipline. That's my mindset. Now, not everyone will have that mindset at the beginning, right? But there is a, some form of discipline that you need to give yourself that will reassure and then goes back to what I was talking about, building trust with yourself that, yes, I enjoyed. Yes, I did that. Yes, that happened yesterday. But what is important to me? What is my goal? I ask myself every single morning, Natasha, what is your goal for today? Every single morning, what is your goal? And some days they're great answers. I can sit here in the morning on my couch and be like, oh, I want to do this and I want to do that. And some days it's like, 
If I can make it to my workout today, that's great. That's great. You know? So I, goals and discipline. Motivation comes and goes. It literally comes and goes. It's not something that lasts. And if it does, like I said, if it does, you're probably going to have an excellent day. So never, not, I tell this to anyone that I meet, never rely on motivation. Because motivation will only keep you, will start the process for you. Discipline will keep you going and will keep you going long term. Discipline will lead to daily healthy habits that you can incorporate. And, you know, you instill daily basis, especially people with kids. I always tell them the discipline and habits that you build for yourself are the discipline and habits that your kids will follow right? If you have bad behaviors, if you have bad eating habits, those are the bad eating habits your kids will follow. For me, my mother was a, a binge eater. My mother was an emotional eater. Hence, that's why I picked up the habit. I don't blame, I don't blame her. She did a great job in raising me, you know, but that's where I got it picked up from. So once we kind of instill that information to them and they realize it, and then they realize, okay, so I got to focus on discipline. I got to focus on habits. I got to focus on goals. That's, that's my primary focus. Yeah, and that sounds like it's so much more consistent than like, like you say, motivation will come and go. So if, if we're just relying on that, it will just be one or two days a week, 100% where we're really ready yeah. to go. And the other ones are just going to feel horrendous because motivation's in the gutters and we're just trying to like keep up with it and we'll feel quite bad about ourselves as well, I suppose. And that's what I always get, like people just kind of hammering themselves because motivation is so low. Or they they don't feel motivated and they're like, Sh I should be feeling motivated, but it's not it's not about that at all. Yeah. You know, so, and that's that's exactly it. And, and sometimes people tell me, Oh, I've I've lost my motivation. And I was like, Where's your discipline? Where's your habit? You know? And they're like, My habit? Uh, what do you mean? And I was like, you know, if you have a goal, you should have daily habits. What happened to the habit? And then it kinda and then we go through a whole another conversation and then we go from there. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So, yeah, just to wrap up, uh, Nastasia, because I've taken way too much of your time. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to kind of finish off on, on a bit of a like, maybe different one um, and put, I don't know, maybe put you on the spot a little bit. But like, what do you feel like over that course of your entire journey, like if you had to pinpoint to like one that like, big lesson you've had throughout that? What would, what would that be? Uh, the biggest would be for me that weight loss is not the end goal. You know, I always thought that once I lost all the weight, that was it. Then my life has begun. Now I'm going to start living. That's what I thought you know, and for anyone out there on this journey and wants to lose weight and thinks once they you lose the 10 kilos or the 20 kilos, then that's when their life begins. You're so wrong. I'm so sorry to tell you this, but you are so wrong. And I was so wrong because my life has begun now. I'm living it now. I was living it back then. I'm living maybe a healthier version of me now, you know, not maybe I am living a healthier version of me now. Um, but it's not an end goal. And unfortunately, so when you're someone that's been bigger, it will never be an end goal. You know, maintaining it, maintaining your weight loss is a whole different journey in itself. So 
that's the biggest lesson that I will, I will send off that don't think your weight loss is your end goal. There's so much more to it that comes after that. There's so much to the life that you're living right now. And there's so much more to you as a person. And if we can just know, realize that, um, we'll, we have so much potential in us than just what we see up front. Amazing. That's kind of something I've been thinking about a lot as well, like that kind of that thing, because ultimately a weight, our weight is just a number that we see on the, on the floor, like when we step on the scale. Um, so Natasha, like for anyone kind of listening back on this or rewatching this, where can people find you? Um, yeah, where can people find you best? Perfect. So I'm actually on Instagram under Natasia D'Souza. You can send me a DM if anyone's interested in a discovery call just to know more about what I do. I'm also available on LinkedIn. Uh, but Instagram is probably the best, best, best option. Uh, I have access to it every single day, 24-7. So uh, yeah, definitely reach me out over Instagram. Perfect. I will find a way to link it. Um, so yeah, awesome. Thank you. Natasha, so much for your time, so much kind of value and so much in inspiration in a way as well for, for me and I'm sure people watching this back, um, people tuning in now would, would find out as well. So yeah, thank you. Thank you, Plum, and take care. Have yourself a good night.